Thank you for joining our conversation on Wow Whispering. I am your host, Diane A. Curran, and it is delightful to be with you. Wow is spontaneous, open, expressive. Whispering is intimate, still, receptive. In our modern age, moments rush in or away like quicksilver. Do we even make the time to savor a wow or reflect on a whisper, to notice and value such gifts? We're ready to do just that with you right now. Well, I am so excited to be with all of you today, and I have a very special guest. And before I formally introduce her, I'd love to just say hello to Carolyn Osborne. How lovely to be with you today. Thank you, Diane. It's a great pleasure to be with you as well. I am very excited to share some of the things that I know about Carolyn Osborne. She is an energy intuitive. And an energy intuitive is not a profession or uh, a designation you may have heard. So let me tell you a little bit about what is unique in what she does and how she does it. She opens new paths to harmony and unity in both Western and Eastern healing traditions for people and animals alike. And as a certified medical intuitive practitioner, Carolyn uses her intuitive skills, her in-depth training, multidiscipline certifications, all to assess the physical and energetic levels of the body and mind. And Carolyn came to her work as an intuitive healer of energy medicine in 2007 through her love of animals. And we will talk about that a little bit here. Carolyn also brings a unique expertise to helping her animal friends, horses, dogs, cats, birds, and more, to improve their physical, emotional, and mental health as an animal communicator and an energy medicine practitioner. Now, she's also a horse owner and rider who has extensive experience in show jumping and dressage. She's a bronze medalist there. And Carolyn has an equine specialty and affinity in working with horses who trust and connect with her through her energy and her healing gift. She helps both horse and rider work better as a team to improve their performance level in either a recreational or a show environment. And on top of that, she is a professional violinist with over 40 years experience. She is a mindset performance mentor as well, helping musicians, actors, athletes, students, and more improve their performance abilities to the highest level. So Carolyn, I'm just fascinated. You seem to be living many lives in one, one time frame. Do you ever get a chance to sleep? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> running out of time these days. Well, isn't that a modern complaint that many of us have? And how it is. We, it is. I think we all have more than we, uh, on our plate than we know what to do with and never quite enough hours in the day. And you probably see that in the clients that you're working with in terms of something that they're dealing with as well. Very often, you know, very often because that leads to stress and stress is one of the biggest problems that we are all dealing with. And stress, of course, can lead to physical issues or emotional issues. And that's one of the things that I can work with very well. Well, what's great is you have sympathy for people going through this because you know what it's like to live in modern life and be very busy, but you also have the empathy to recognize that sometimes a person needs support and help and they need to reach out to someone with your skills and gifts. And how do you find that happens when suddenly I suspect that your clients may feel like, oh, finally somebody's hearing me and they kind of get what I'm going through. Correct. As we all know, we all just want to be heard. 
And sometimes just being able to express what we're going through. And when we start to hear the whole story of what's going on in a person's life, all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, that's why they're feeling and that's why they're going through the stuff they're going through. So that whole picture is very important for any self-care and healing and general well-being in a person's life. Mm. When, and I find the saying it out loud changes the experience because they're sharing with somebody else like yourself and it's all been running around in their head and in your head it's like you can't really get a hold of it it's it's elusive you say oh, I don't want to think about that right now or I don't know what to do and so you try to put your mind in something else but that doesn't necessarily solve the problem right and also is very important to know when you're dealing with your own health care and well-being is the awareness of what's going on and as you're saying, sometimes just talking about it out loud and suddenly you hear what's going on and then suddenly it's like, okay, I really do know the answer to this or how to deal with this or I need help. But it all comes back to awareness and the conscious awareness and conscious approach to dealing with whatever you're, you're dealing with. And sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's emotional, sometimes it's just mental, sometimes it's just like, it's time to stop and take care of yourself and just give yourself a break and some rest and not feel like you have to do everything. I mean, we would all love to be Wonder Woman doing everything, but we can't. We have to take things and get them done one at a time, like everything else in our life. Well, I really think that in addition to the clarity that you bring to your communication with your clients, I sense that there's also a possibility for people who they can't quite get the words out. They don't know how to say what's going on. And so do you find that your communication with people, much like it needs to be with animals, because they don't speak in English, they don't speak in the language that you're speaking, but there's something you are able to perceive energetically that they might not have the words for, or the, or the animal might not meow or bark or, or whinny to communicate something verbally. I'm intrigued with how that goes for you, what, what that's like. That's the intuitive part of the work that I'm doing is I'm tapping into what's kind of underneath the surface. That also comes a lot into play through the medical intuitive work that I do because I'm able to look through the person's life, through even past lives to see what's still stuck in their energy body now that hasn't been dealt with, hasn't been cleared, that they have probably forgotten about but something that maybe happened when they were a child or even in utero, and they carry that impact with them. And so that creates a pattern within them that they hold onto that then becomes a part of their life, but then can start creating problems later on if not dealt with and released. That's the whole intuitive aspect of the work that I do, because I'm looking beneath the surface, looking beneath the obvious and saying, okay, where is this coming from? Why is this happening now? What is the best way to deal with said issue, <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. So it's, it's a bit of detective work on my part, my different tools where I'm finding out where to look and then what we're dealing with. So as you said, you have many different tools. You, you are somebody who has educated herself in a variety of uh, traditions. I'm intrigued with your creating a new path of harmony and unity between Western and Eastern healing traditions. And not everybody has that sense of bringing the best of each of these two very different ways uh, together. So I'm intrigued whether or not that's something that clients find easy to understand or easy to accept from you. Or how, how does that work in terms of the Western mindset versus the Eastern mindset? It varies. If people have had some 
exposure and some experience with more alternative ways of looking at life and looking at your healthcare, then they're more open to it. If they're not, sometimes it's just a matter of how you explain it and how you present it to them. And then as always, it's in the results. Very often then their body does the work and then they can see the benefits of the work. So it's, it's like anything, it's just a willingness and an openness and willing to take that chance and not just being so skeptical and so closed off. And once they have that opening, then that allows their body, their body mind to do the work that it needs to do to make the necessary changes. We are here in, in the big city life that, that we live because we're, we're doing this interview virtually. And so I have some background city noise. And as you were saying that, I was hearing a, an ambulance siren and it started off a little far away and then it got closer. I don't know if it will be audible on our recording here, but I, it put me in the mindset to remember that sometimes when people are skeptical and when people are kind of not wanting to deal with whatever the thing is that's not going the way they want, it's like, I'm not going to pay any attention to this. I'm just going to barrel on through and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And all of a sudden they find themselves in an emergency that appears to be generated externally mm -hmm. or suddenly they, they're in a health situation where they have to get assistance. Mm -hmm. And along comes an ambulance, an emergency situation, and now they've got to stop completely and pay attention. And do you ever find yourself in a situation where someone's come to you, but they're, they're not quite realizing the importance of something that is going on for them? Yes, very much so. We, we get clues. We get subtle signs. We get things. But we're, we are not at a point where our awareness, again, going back to that concept, is as fine-tuned as it could be to really pay attention to the signs and signals that our body is giving us. And just as a, an addendum on this, that's also very important for our animals because it's up to the owners to pay attention to the signs and signals they're getting from their animal. And sometimes they may think, oh, I'm making this up or it's not really that important. But those little signs are there for a reason. Something has changed, something has shifted. So for the work I am doing, it's better if someone comes in right away or addresses me or brings their animal in to find out what's going on so that you can cut off at the pass the serious issue that will be resulting if you ignore it and just let it continue to progress. It may feel like, well, there's nothing really wrong. Well, not now, but if left alone and on its own devices and on the same track, it could turn into a much more serious health issue. For some people, there's a sense that if they have an animal who behaves a certain way and suddenly they start doing something different and they do it repeatedly. I, I've noticed sometimes people say, well, I have to do a better job of disciplining my animals so they know not to do that. And it sounds like that could be a misinterpretation of the communication that the animal has no language Correct. to present. Correct. Animals are not in and of themselves there to mess up your life or to be mean or nasty or to be an inconvenience they are very much in the now and in the moment and they react to whatever is happening directly to them when they have a change in behavior or a change in a habit or something is different or their energy is different suddenly they're not as active or as energetic as they used to be i mean all these subtle things that's usually a clue that there's something going on and this is where I like to be in combination with Western medicine 
with this more open alternative approach because like people and animals, the first thing is go to your doctor, rule out anything that's going on, make sure that there's not, no underlying problem to see what's happening. Very often they can, because again, if you can catch it early enough and catch something before it turns into a problem, you can solve the problem or you know, at least address it to the point where hopefully it's not an issue. I like to think of the work I'm doing besides what's addressing issues and working and stuff and healing, it's also a very good preventative, proactive tool for both your health care and well-being and for your animal's health care and well-being. Because let's face it, it's all about our quality of life. And when suddenly things are starting to go off, you want to address it right away because then you have a chance of actually doing something to make it better. Well, you put me in mind of something that really involves people and animals in a very intimate way. And more and more these days, there are rescue professionals who are looking to rescue animals in in not good situations and then rehome them. Mm -hmm. And there are many people who have become very open to the idea of having an opportunity if they want to have a dog or a cat and they want to go to a rescue and give an animal a better home. But they may not know what the trauma was animals being rescued have had some sort of difficulty. Very much so. So is that a good time? In other words, when you have made a choice, because you usually make it from your heart, but you've made a choice, is that a good time to have an animal communication session? Would that make a difference in terms of getting to know each other? Yes, both both a communication session and a healing session, because first you want to find out what the situation is, what they are coming from, what they have had to deal with because they will carry on that stress. They will have behaviors that are not necessarily the best. You may find um, you've adopted a dog at a shelter, everything's fine. And then a male friend comes in and the dog goes nuts. Well, that's usually a sign that there's been something that has happened in their past that they were either abused or mistreated, probably by some sort of man. You know, it can happen with women too, but I'm just saying, or a kid. They remember that and they instinctively respond in a terrified way. So when you bring in an animal like that into into the house, you're finding out what's going on with them, where they came from, what's happening, and to help clear out and release those old traumas and the emotional pain or the emotional issues that they've been holding on to. And that allows them to then move forward. Because again, as I said earlier, they are very much in the moment. They are very much in the now. So once you've cleared out the old stuff, they don't go, oh, what happened to that old experience I had? I'm, I still you know, should be thinking about that. That's, that's a human thing that we do. Oh, yes. <laughs> and so they just like move forward and then they can focus on their family. And also, you know, I have a technique to help them combine them with their new family so that they feel connected and involved in, with the family. And the family feels involved with, connected with them as a whole total unit. And that really helps solidify the animal in their new environment and new home and make them feel comfortable. There's some of these kind of humorous stereotypes about dogs and cats, for example, where dogs are very involved and emotionally connected and cats are standoffish. I have found that not to be the case. I don't know what your experience. Have you noticed that there's anything in particular that might help people to understand what the reality is compared to that? If you think of dogs and cats are like, you've got different personalities in the people world. You've got the, the very outspoken extroverts and the leaders and they're very, you know, they're, they're very much in your face. And then you've got the more quiet people that are more kind of a passive, but they're very observant and they're there, but they can be very strong too. So 
it's just a different energy. Dogs and cats have a very different uh, way of acting and behaving. That's just the nature of their species. So, but they can both have tendencies like the other species. I had a cat once that was kind of, I felt was very dog-like in some ways, you know, I would whistle and he would come back. I could call him. Other cats, as you know, are like, um, I'm busy doing my thing. I'll come when I'm ready. <laughs> and you've got the same with dogs. Some dogs are more responsive than others. But again, that gets into the different breeds of the dogs and how they respond and how you work with them, which also brings up the point is very important to make sure you're getting a pet that is the right dynamic and energy for your lifestyle and how you're working because some are going to work better than others depending on what your needs are and what your living situation is and how much time you have and all of those things which are very important you're really choosing to become family together aren't you yes very much it's like a marriage (laughs) (laughs) families we all know are have their own very complex dynamics at times Yes. And you get that with animals and every animal is different. I mean, you know, you talk to people who have had several dogs over a period of time and they're like, well, it's not like my last one. It's like, well, you don't want it to be exactly like your last one. It's going to be different. And then you have a whole different kind of relationship with that dog than you did with the previous one. And then the following one is different again. Same with cats. They're all slightly different, but that's what makes it interesting because it brings out different qualities in you and how you relate to them. Our animals come to us very often to help us or for specific reasons. Or so we're attracting in a certain animal that is either teaching us something or helping us through something. So we have a different need for a specific animal at a different each different times. Mm-hmm. So it's going to create for a different environment and situation. I think one of the ways that sometimes people have try to address that as they say, well, dogs and their people look alike. Well, I think it's not so much that they're physically exactly the same, but there's this kind of quality. Right, correct. And do you find that, do you find that animals tend to try to, as you say, they're, they wanna help their people. Are they trying to adapt to the people? Are they trying to take on their pain? What happens, what can they happen? They can do that. Animals, um, dogs are probably more known for that, but any animal can do that. Each animal has, they need a job. They need, they feel like they have a purpose. They are there for a reason. And, and depending on what you're kind of drawing in to your life and what you're looking for will depend on what kind of the job the animal then does. There are animals that will physically take on their owner's health issues sometimes. Mm. Uh, they may take on some of their stress and anxiety they may have other lessons to teach them. They may be one of my first horses that I had. He was very much a teacher and helped me learn all of these different modalities. He ended up having some injuries and experiences. So he sort of became my guinea pig and my teacher as I learned all of this, these techniques and these different modalities. And he was my helper with that whole issue. So every animal is different depending on what you're looking for. It's a, it's a very interesting dynamic. Sometimes you may not know what you're looking for and the animal shows up and all of a sudden. Right. And that which, which brings me to my next, next point is that the right animal will find us. And it's very important to not be rushing the experience and finding the right animal. 
if you are, you know, you have in your mind and you know what you're looking for and you're looking for that, you know, perfect dog, that perfect cat or whatever it is. And sometimes something will materialize. It may not be exactly what you were looking for, but it's what you need and what you want at that moment in time. And if you go with that, you've all of a sudden, you know, people are always saying, this is like the best dog. This is the best cat, you know, because, and I, I didn't originally think they were the right one for me. It's like right, finding the right, you know, husband or wife. Sometimes it comes in a package that is not what you're quote unquote looking for, but it ends up being the best thing for you. That's very important for uh, people when they're looking for new animals. They will find us if you're open to that and you allow that to transpire and just be open to when the right one is there, they will find you. So, and to be patient and not be rushing the process because that can, that can create problems, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Well, you know, you reminded me of something as you were talking about this and I just happened to see, I think it was yesterday, a video that's, it's of a, a horse rescue, we'll call it that, from several years ago, I believe in England. Right. And it is an extraordinary video because these, these 200 horses were trapped when, oh no, I'm sorry, I think it was in the Netherlands. They were trapped after some flooding in the land where they were living is because they're wild horses, forced them into this little spit of land where they could literally not move at all. Right. And the people who wanted to rescue them were doing everything they could to try to figure out how to get them off this little spit of land, how to feed them. They, they were able to rescue some of the little younger foals and so forth, but they were really running out of time. And lo and behold, these seven women who have their own horses and are whatever it is that they do, they were clearly working women who knew how to ride a good horse. They decided they would try something because as you know, horses are herd animals. Exactly, exactly. So they went and they literally had these horses and they rode up to where the horses on the little spit of horn there. And they started to just let the horses try to kind of corral the other horses, but not in a big way, in a minor way. And lo and behold, it worked like a miracle. Right. They were able to lead them through the water because the horses could see the horses they were being ridden were doing it. And so therefore it would be safe and off they went. Right. And the thing that what struck me from what you're saying is that the wild horses, you wouldn't say they had a job per se in our human terms, but the horses that were with the women, clearly there was a relationship with each one. They knew what they were doing. They, they were very clear. The communication between the women and the horse that, that she was riding right. was fantastic. And so they were able to lead these 200 horses to safety. It was really miraculous. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the link into our show notes so people can okay. see it because it's online. But I wonder, is that an example of like the horses that were working with these women? Clearly they have a job, which is to be with their person. But I'm intrigued with how the horses that were, you could call them domesticated, you could call them, they were still able to communicate without any sounds to the other horses that were wild and connect to right. them. And that goes back to that herd mentality. And once there's a leader that somebody knows and they, they can trust, mm -hmm. and you had several of them there, and then they will follow. And so once they get that, you know, and they can see that it's okay and they're safe, they will do it because they're, they're fight or flight animals. And so when they're scared, they're just gonna be, you know, and they can't go anywhere and they didn't know where to go because also, if all this water's there, how do they know which way to go? It, it was, it's brilliant. It's because that's the best way to do that because it just helps them and, and the horses then feel comfortable and secure to follow the other ones that know where they're going. And what was remarkable was 
the people who had been trying to help them knew that all the horses that were trapped were very scared. So they weren't in their regular calm right. Right. mind. But what was noticeable to me was as they started to, as some of them started to follow the, the, the horses with riders out without any trauma or any stampeding or anything like that, they were able to go off in this little line of like maybe two or three horses wide, but they somehow they found their way to proceed in amazingly orderly fashion. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> you know, just to look at something and realize the subtleties of energy that are occurring that we don't, we can't see it. Mm -hmm. um, well, I should say we can't see energy as an object, but we certainly see its impact. Yes, correct. Oh my gosh, I'm still taken. I, I keep watching that and saying, oh my gosh, there's so much to learn from just this one moment in time. This one oh, yeah. Yes, yes. So I wanted to ask you, since we're in the world of wow and whispering, um, if you would share, would you like to talk about a wow that's happened to you in life or a whisper that's happened to you in life? There's a couple we talked about considering one was a wow that was actually a traumatic event. And I think that's important for people to recognize that sometimes wows come in very unexpected ways or even shocking ways and a whisper that was really about transition. And I'm wondering if you'd like to share anything about that right now. Sure, definitely. Um, so let's talk about the wow because that's kind of the more challenging one. You had mentioned that there was a very traumatic event that occurred to you and it was filled with distress and, and, and pain. And it was something that was happening to you and one of your friends did some energy balancing work with right. you. And that really not only helped you, but it became something that really moved you forward in this direction. Yes. I have had had a cat for about 15 years. My husband had, we, we just recently got married and you know he had moved in and he was a dog person. He had recently lost his other dog that he had had for a long time. He had to have a dog. He was like, I have to have one now. I'm like, well, you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. No, I have to have one. And he was on a mission and he was going to do it. And so he was looking around for dogs and finally ended up at a, at a rescue, brought home this shepherd. And I'm like, okay, I wasn't really convinced, but he's like, oh, I have to have it. And most rescues, like you were talking earlier, have the dogs have come from someplace and have gone through a lot of emotional pain and trauma. So they're not necessarily a hundred percent who they are either yet because they're still recovering from their previous issues. So we brought this dog into the house um, and they had said the dog had been with cats and had been okay. So, okay. So we had the dog for about a week and then we both left at the same time we were gone. I was gone for about an hour, a couple hours and my husband was off working. I came home and unfortunately the dog had basically killed my cat in our bedroom. Oh my gosh. And it was very violent. And I was needless to say, completely traumatized myself. I was just, I was in a state of shock. I was just beyond myself. I mean, I was just, I can't even describe how bad it was. And I called one of my girlfriends. I, you know, I'm like, help, what do I do? I was just, I, I and I like threw the dog outside. I'm like, go away, you know, just go outside and don't, I don't want to see you again. My one friend, of course, is like, well, here, have a drink. That'll help. And I'm like, no, that's not quite. So I called one of my other colleagues, friends who does energy work remotely, actually, because I do a lot with that. And you can do that with the energy work. And I could feel myself just calm down, get out of that transition. 
of pain and shock and just enough just okay i can collect myself and for me first of all it was nice to get out of that insane space i was still upset and obviously angry and hurt but and but it really was an example of how well this stuff can work and what an impact it can have and it was like to actually have experienced it like that because you know i would not have had that kind of experience and i've had sessions before but it's it's kind of a subtle thing but in a situation like that you can really notice the difference yeah and that's the traumatic wow because it it comes right. completely unexpected and it forces you to deal with something right then you can't just sort of say well i'll deal with this later here it right is. exactly and you had to and i was i was in a state it all worked out but it was it was a very strong lesson for me and that's well, and that's one reason i was talking earlier about not rushing bringing in the right animal because this was not the right animal we had to send it back and it was like then we had to wait a lot longer because i couldn't even look at another animal for a long time i was just I, I it was just a big scar and then finally the right dog found us and it was like yes they're out there but we have to allow them to come to us so it, it's weird that way. Well, it, it kind of did two things. It sounds like the wow really had like echoes, as you say, the patience with the process, finding the right animal. And also it seems as though it prompted you to find this calling yes. to, to do this work with other people and for other people and animals as well. Right, exactly. It really gave me renewed confidence and structure in, in how this works and, and how effective it can be. I didn't mention this earlier, but I'm going to be sure to put it in the show notes. The name of your, um, your website is Chiron Energy Medicine. And Chiron is a, uh, a name from ancient times that really represents a quality called the wounded healer. And I see it in many different examples. And if you look back in Greek mythology and Roman mythology, you'll see that, you know, the role that Chiron mm -hmm. played. It was a centaur. But... When one becomes a healer, it doesn't mean you have to go through trauma, but if you have, there's an, there's an understanding. And Chiron, in his, in his um, trajectory as a god, learned compassion for humanity through his own wounds. So what you just shared with us right. has exactly that set of qualities. Yeah. How right. was it that you chose the name Chiron for, for your practice? For that reason, one of the reasons, he was also you know, one of the big teachers of, of the gods. He's half man, half horse. So for me, there's that connection between the animal part of us and the human part of us, as well as just the horse part of us. Yeah. Well. Um, he also was involved in music. You know, so he there was there was a lot of aspects, and like you say, the wounded healer part that really resonate, at least for me personally, and I resonate with that. And He's a, a very important part of astrology as well. So all of those aspects really resonated for me. And I, I felt an affinity to him, shall we say. Well, isn't that a wonderful feeling to know that the calling that you have that becomes a practice that you offer and a business that you structure so you can become available to people, to have this sense of it 
connecting to something that deeply resonates for you. Mm-hmm. It seems like that could be a very satisfying, just in itself, aspect to. Oh, it is. It's great. It's like seeing, connecting all the dots, and it's like, okay, this all makes sense. And and we all have our path, and we all have our anybody who does the kind of work I do or works. They all have their reasons for why they were drawn to it and why they're doing it and what resonates for them with it. And so for me, this, this really resonated on so many levels. And I especially just love that connection between the people and the animals as you know, we are more connected than we realize. <laughs> mm. You know, I, uh, as, as we've talked about before, I lead art tours at a particular museum here in Los Angeles. And there was an exhibit recently that focused on what was called, they called it the Book of Beasts. And it was focused on uh, something called a medieval bestiary where they would literally do illuminated manuscripts and, and illuminated books that contained pictures of animals, whether those were animals that you could observe in day-to-day life or mythical animals or imaginary animals. They all had these qualities. And it's a reminder of how for, and, and they sometimes would go back to uh, ancient Egyptian and earlier times to bring forward certain types of animal energies and so forth that were mythical, but nonetheless very real, not because you could go out and find them like the unicorn or the centaur, but because they were intended to impart a lesson for people to learn something about life, to learn something about God's creation, to learn something about the nature of, we'll call it the opportunity to help or heal or harm, all those, those qualities that sometimes mystify people. They don't quite know what to make of it. One of the sculptures they had was of what they called, this sculpture was titled King Chiron. And yeah. he, indeed, he was indeed a centaur, and he was you know, considered the king of the centaurs. But what I found fascinating is one of the rare examples where they showed the horse's body, his torso and his legs and so forth, and they had the human chest and upper arms and head, but they also had the head of the horse, but was sort of elongated. So oh. it was the strangest looking Chiron I'd ever seen represented. Wow, yeah. <laughs> But it's a reminder that artists can be very imaginative to sometimes more so than you expect. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. How cool is that? <laughs> it really is. So when we come back, I'm going to take a little break now and we're going to come back with Carolyn. I have so much more I could talk with you about. We'll see what we can, what we can rustle up in the next part because I want to talk about whispering. And so we'll take a little break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Thank you. Thank you for being with us on WOW Whispering. In each episode, we present a public service announcement that highlights resources committed to uplifting our quality of life. Look for each episode show notes, which have links to learn more. Today, we are pleased to feature The Gentle Barn. The Gentle Barn rescues animals from severe abuse and neglect who are too old or sick, maybe lame, and scared to be adopted into homes. They are sanctuary to horses, donkeys, cows, pigs, sheep, goats, turkeys, chickens, llamas, peacocks, emus, cats, and dogs. Oh my. Once rehabilitated, the animals help to give hope and inspiration to children with the same stories. They are located in California where they began, just north of Los Angeles in Santa Clarita, And they have two newer locations, one in Tennessee near Nashville and one in Missouri near St. Louis. Now, Ellie Lacks founded The Gentle Barn in 1999. It was a dream of hers since she was seven years old. Animals were always very healing and nurturing to her as she faced the challenges of growing up, finding herself, 
fitting in, you know, feeling understood all the things that we want in life. And maybe sometimes we struggle with and we are given struggles to deal with. She majored in special education and psychology and with her special love of animals and children, the gentle barn was a perfect way of putting all her talents and passions into one. Since its inception, the gentle barn has been home to hundreds of animals and host to over 400,000 people. Ellie writes, and we inspire people to be an integral part of the solution. Through the stories and interactions with our animals, we can raise future generations to have reverence for all life, protect our planet, live good, healthy, happy lives, and we will be closer to having peace on earth. Ah, yes. Thank you. We are back. I'm so excited to be with Carolyn Osborne today. She is really such a delightful conversationalist and she really brings her intuition to every conversation and of course that is what she does she is an energy intuitive she is also a certified medical intuitive practitioner an animal communicator and i want to talk about that now because one of the whispers that carolyn shared with me as we were talking about speaking today was she said that she noticed that talking to an animal and their owner close to an animal's transition can really be an extraordinary experience for everyone involved, the animal and the person. And she says that she learned how she was able to see how important and helpful it is to both parties. And I wanna ask you to share a little bit about that with us, Carolyn. Yes, it's a very, I feel important role <laughs> that I can help uh, with the animal and their owner. Anybody who has an animal loves their animals usually and are very attached to them. The hardest part is letting go of them. And the letting go part, it can be very hard, especially for the owner. It's also hard for the animal too. This is where the connection between the animal and the owner, it really becomes apparent because the animals very often have to wait and kind of stretch out their departure until their human is ready. Oh. And they may, you know, even though the animal is ready to go and it's time for them to go, but it's hard when you have your animal and you're dairy, the last thing you want to do is see them go. So my role is to have that conversation to help them actually have a conversation so that they can hear. The owner very often feels guilty, especially if it's, it's, if it's a situation where they actually have to make the decision to help them transition. Mm -hmm. That's the worst. <laughs> Nobody likes to have to make that decision and be God in that regard. Well, and especially if it's the first time that you've ever had that responsibility and it becomes a responsibility because they are part of your family. Right. So by helping the owner realize that it's an honor and a privilege to help the animal pass in a very peaceful, calm way so that they're not suffering any more than they have to. Animals do not show how much they are hurting and suffering. Anyone, again, who's been through this process understands that very often their animals, they're fine, they're fine, they're fine. And then suddenly, boom, something happens and they're just, it's really bad and there's not much you can do and it can go downhill very quickly. 
and when they're at that point, it's very, the quality is again, that quality of life issue. And you don't want them to be suffering. You can help them. And sometimes the, what is the amount of help that you can give them? As one of our vets, we had a dog that had some cancer and the vet basically said, well, you can spend a lot of money. You can do all of this. You can help them, but it's just going to delay the inevitable. It's not going to cure it. It's not going to fix it, but you're just putting off what's the better interest for the animal? What's the better way for them? If you look at it that way and how you're helping them to lead in a much more dignified, peaceful, comfortable way, that is a blessing and something very helpful to them. But again, having that conversation so the animal can say what he or she has to say to their owner, the owner can express their feelings. And usually the animal's like, you know, I trust you to make the right decision. I trust you to do it when you, when it's okay. Also, the animals very often will tell me to tell their owner that they'll give them a sign, you know, that like it's time. So that that point, then the owner is like, okay, now I know. Because very often, if you've been through this again, it's like now, or should I wait now? And it's, so it's very hard to know. And again, to make that decision, because you, you want to do obviously the best you can and the most you can for your animal companion, especially really attached to them as we mostly are, it's very hard to, to see them go. The other aspect of that is to remember they're still with us. They're still with us in spirit, even though they may have passed out of this form, they are still very much around. And I know, you know, several of my clients who are a little bit more sensitive energetically will say that then they they kind of feel that the presence of their animal around with them, or, you know, they'll notice certain things happening and they're like, okay, that's gotta be my other animal that's, that's been doing that. So they're not gone, gone. They're just in a different form. My last cat that I had, um, and I knew it was going to be a matter of a day or less or two that it was her time to go. And I was making the appropriate arrangements. And by the way, this was not technically officially my cat. She technically officially lived next door, but she had adopted me and her people traveled a lot and they were fine with the back and forth. She chose to be with me at the end. And so they were home and they came to visit to say goodbye because they knew that this was happening. They were grateful that I was willing to uh, support their saying goodbye. And the last night my kitty was with me, she literally, she lied down on my chest and I could feel her energetically going into my heart. Mm-hmm. And I'd never quite had that precise experience before in such a visceral and physical way. And I thought, wow, I'm glad she's doing this because I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle mm-hmm. literally not having her with me in physical form anymore. And it was, it was, it was almost painful. It's like, I, is there enough room in my heart for all this? So it was unexpected. I'd not experienced that. And I'm, you know, I'm pretty connected to animals, but this was unique and it was her it was her choice. It was what right. she chose to do. Right. Apparently she thought I really needed that. So often yes. it was just came from her and it didn't make it necessarily easier, but it made it more clear. Definitely. The sky's the limit as far as the different ways that this can happen or, or what depends on the relationship you have with your animal. And it varies so much. So, but again, it's that being aware and being willing to ask and say, okay, what do I need <laughs> from them? Yeah. And what, you know, what can they do for me to help me understand their needs or whatever at that moment in time? And in the example I gave, she was determined to let me know that the love was the bigger, the bigger right. 
um, energy between us and not the, not the pain or the guilt or the, or the missing. Right. And, and sometimes with human beings, you really gotta, you really gotta make that clear because we, right. we go there a lot, don't we? Yes, we do. And the other, the other point I want to make is that I think it's very important, if at all possible, for you to be there with your animal when they cross over. Because that really, first of all, you, you're just sending them that love and that support and that energetic release. And that, that allows them to then really move on to their next place in a much easier way for them. You're really helping them a lot. And they appreciate that because they don't want to be by themselves if they don't have to be, but you know, when that happens yeah. and they can feel it. And, you know, even if they're a little unconscious or whatever, just think if you were with your parent, they know you're there. They, you know, you want to be there until the very end, because that just that love, again, going back to what you're saying, it's that love that is so important and that connection. And that really helps. I think that it's a beautiful, beautiful and profound thing to say that oftentimes we may not recognize, we're not really educated in that way in life. And sometimes we're so worried or guilty or feeling bad that we're not necessarily recognizing, oh, I can just be there for my animal. And it, it tends to give you peace about it later on, don't you find? Yes, oh yeah, definitely. Well, I, will, I would say I would love to have you back sometime soon because we want to talk more about people too. Uh, I wanted to say that this has really been delightful because you have brought a kind of a profound um, set of comments about the world of energy forward in a way that's gentle, I think accessible, and gives people a sense that it's really available to all of us. And I'm sure that in your work, you've really seen the way that people respond to energetic medicine. Yes. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate being here. Oh, it's wonderful. Carolyn has graciously made available. You can go to her website, which is chironenergymedicine.com. Chiron, by the way, is spelled C-H-I-R-O-N. So chironenergymedicine.com. And you can learn more about Carolyn and the work that she does, but you can also get her free mini course. It is called The Six Stages of Performance. And it's, it's for people more than animals per se, but you know, a lot of times people in life say, well, I'm not a performer. What do I need to know about performance for? But guess what? We all have things that we perform. In fact, I want to hear a little bit more about that from Carolyn in a moment. Go to her website, opt in and get her free seven day mini course. It's all about how you present yourself, the confidence that you have. The other important part of that aspect is your mind, what I call the mindset and how your mind is operating to support your performance. So what I'm working with is, you know, yes, the actual performance, physical performance part, but the mindset aspect of that. Uh, we all come with our beliefs, our past experiences, bad things that have happened to us in those situations, and we tend to hold on to them. So when you can open up that library of old <laughs> things and clear them out, clear out those limiting beliefs that are, I'm not good enough, I have to be perfect, or I can't do this. Suddenly that allows you much more possibility of being able to do these things. Well, this is fantastic. And I can see that this really is something that anybody could take advantage of. So definitely um, check out ChironEnergyMedicine.com. Once again, Carolyn, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you again. I'm really 
Happy to have been here. What a pleasure to be with you in the world of wow whispering. As we complete this episode, I invite you to notice the wows and whispers that enliven or challenge as they fulfill life for you in both tiny moments and transforming experiences. I wish you the very best until we meet next time.